Some new basketball offers were handed out by the University of Louisville program. We will talk about that here in just a second. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to say thank you, as I always do, for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team every day. Today's episode dedicated to basketball recruiting. We haven't done a basketball episode um, in a little while. I do apologize. I know that there were some comments on YouTube um, about getting another basketball episode in. We're going to have a recruiting one today. We will begin by discussing the recruitment of four-star small forward Curtis Williams Jr., who the Louisville Cardinals are heavily recruiting. Uh, we will then transition into discussing two new 2024 offers to two five-stars. That is point guard Elliot Cadeau and five-star small forward Carter Bryant. And in the final segment, we will dive into the weekly mailbag. So getting right on into it, Curtis Williams Jr., um, a 6'6 small forward from Bloomfield Hills, Michigan in the 2023 class, um, has been hearing from Louisville the most um, in an interview with um, with uh, Jacob Polachek of Zag's blog. Um, Curtis Williams Jr. Uh, basically went out and said that Louisville is the school that is quote-unquote recruiting him the hardest as he eyes a September decision. Um, he goes on to say in this article, out of everybody, Louisville has definitely been recruiting me the hardest. I know that if I go there, I can just be myself. I can be Curtis. I really want to find a program where I can just be myself. Outside of that, even if I'm not talking to a head coach, I'm talking to somebody every day. We're talking about the game or life anything like that. Um, so it seems like Florida State, Alabama, Xavier are some other programs um, that he's been hearing about. But obviously Louisville uh, being the most consistent in his recruitment, um, uh, he goes on to describe his game as um, – or he goes on to say this about his game. I can really shoot the ball, but aside from shooting, I can do everything else. I can rebound, guard your best player, get steals, and do anything that you need me to do. Um, Curtis Williams Jr. ranked as the 62nd best prospect in the 2023 recruiting cycle, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. He is the 12th best small forward prospect and the best prospect in the state of Michigan. The standout from Brother Rice High School, um, like I mentioned, Alabama, Maryland, Providence, uh, it seems like uh, it is it could be a program. Um, I think Providence was a Maybe, maybe it's not Providence. I think it, it might have been, but uh, Notre Dame is also in the mix. I don't know where I got Providence from. I feel like I saw that somewhere to where um, Ed Cooley is recruiting him the hardest. If he's not, um, then I do apologize. It seems like I'd seen that somewhere. Um, but in terms of the 2023 cycle for the Louisville Cardinals, you already have Caleb Glenn 
committed. Um, there's some other prospects that they are um, going after heavily. Obviously, uh, the number one player in the country in DJ Wagner. Um, you know, five-star center Aaron Bradshaw, who is a teammate of Wagner's. Um, none of those respective recruitments should have any type of um, you know, impact on whether or not uh, Curtis Williams remains a take because he is a small forward, so playing a little bit of a different position, and he's a little bit of a of a different type of small forward uh, than Caleb Glenn. Glenn is listed as a small forward on a lot of recruiting cycles, but plays more like a big man, utilizes his strength more, more of an interior threat. Yes, his perimeter game is expanding; he's getting better at handling the ball, um, but still, kind of two different types of prospects. As Curtis Williams is more of a shooter, um, there there have been some statistics that um, have have caused some to be a little alarmed. I should say, in the first EYBL cycle, he was great. Uh, Curtis Williams averaged nearly 15 points a game, over 50 percent from behind the arc, from the field in general, uh, four re- over four rebounds. Um, in, in the remaining EYBL cycles, uh, the last four of them. Um, I think someone sent me a um, a screenshot of Travis Graff on the message boards. Who Travis is a insider on, uh, excuse me, on Louisville Rivals. So credit to him on this statistic. The past three, or the past four EYBL sessions, he has shot less than thirty percent each time from behind the arc, and has shot over forty-two percent from the field only once. Um, he had an instance where he had not, uh, basically right under 10 points per game on 23% field goal, 15% three point, uh, 12 points per game on 42% field goal, 19% three point, 6.5 points on 31% field goal, 13% three point, 14.2 points per game on 39 field goal and 28 three point. Um, and like I said, sometimes you, you can't put too much stock into this because it's just the EYBL. Um, you know, sometimes players just go through a little bit of a, of a cold shooting stretch, but Williams is more of a, um, you know, more of kind of a, of a pure shooter. Uh, but what I like, uh, about, uh, Williams game the most is, is the, um, you know, the, the willingness to rebound the basketball. He's six, six, but he's 205 pounds. So he, he's got some muscle on him, um, kind of has, you know, um, you know, a frame that you would be able to insert into the uh, rotation year one, and he would be able to physically compete. He's not a guy that you're going to have to uh, keep in the weight room and and put on, you know, 20, 25, maybe even 30 pounds just to get him to a point where he's you know, able to go out and to compete with collegiate athletes. He's got the frame and he's got, you know, the, um, the size to be able to come into a program right away and, and be able to compete from a physical standpoint. Now, from a basketball standpoint, I like his willingness to rebound the basketball. That's one thing that he mentions is rebounding and defense as two kind of critical, critical aspects of the way that he plays the game of basketball. And that's two things that if you go back to Kenny Payne's introductory press conference and, you know, uh, respective conferences after that, you know, he wants the team to be able to be unselfish, but also be very, very involved on the defensive end. He thinks that good offense can flow from good defense, transition, getting guys that can get out and run is big, but it all starts with good defense, right? Uh, having a guy that can go and rebound the basketball and willingness to rebound at a decently high level for being, you know, kind of a prototypical small forward, kind of a three and D uh, type, um, you know, prototype player in the sense of yes he's very good at shooting the basketball also good at defense 
and also at crashing the, the board. So, um, like I said, I don't really put too much of a, I don't put too much of a impact or, or let, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't, it, it, I don't even know how I'm trying to phrase this. It doesn't alarm me as much that he had some rough shooting numbers in the EYBL because I, you know, he, he's been known as a shooter before this and guys do go through a stretch for about a month where, you know, they don't necessarily shoot all that well, but the first, the first, um, EYBL circuit, he looked very, very good. Um, looks like a player that could come into the program right away and, and be kind of a situational, uh, three point shooter, kind of like a Devin Ree, um, in, in kind of his projectable role this year. Uh, Ree is mainly, um, you know, kind of revered as a scorer, more specifically as a shooter, a very, very good shooter in the 2022 class. Um, Curtis Williams uh, having that that length, and that's something that Kenny Payne has you know, also gone into depth on, and that's I want to have a ton of length, especially at the guard position. And with Curtis being listed as a three, I think he has, you know, the lateral quickness to be able to, you know, guard opposing guards and uh, play as a two. So it, it's kind of up in the air. And we're in, we're in an era of positionless basketball, right? So it really doesn't matter if he plays as the two or the three, but you have that, you know, that six, six size, you know, possibly playing the two guard in the backcourt, a good shooter, a good defender, and a guy who's willing to crash the, you know, crash the boards. A September decision, it seems like Lobel's right in the thick of this. You know, Kenny Payne um, has been a, a a coach that many have gone on record and have said, you know, Louisville, you know, he's not going to offer a player just to offer them. You know, he doesn't hand out many offers. Um, so it, it would have to be serious, significant interest for the Cardinals to offer, um, you know, the coaching staff. And he mentioned, you know, it's not just Kenny Payne. It's the other members of the staff. They're not just talking about basketball. They're talking about life. It's a consistent recruiting effort. And uh, obviously getting a player like Curtis Williams to commit, having two top 70 players in the class with he and Caleb Glenn does a good job of, you know, uh, continuing to bring talent into this program. So um, very, very excited for this recruitment. And it doesn't seem like Louisville could really put themselves in any bit better of a situation than what they have right now. So, um, but as I mentioned, Kenny Payne's not a guy that hands out a lot of offers, handed out two of them in the past couple days, both to 2024 five-star prospects. We will uh, identify those guys here in just a second as we talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Um, obviously, Bet Online, and I've, I've mentioned this before, is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. It continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. All across the board, head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, moving right along, um, you know, staying on the course of basketball recruiting, but um, going into the next class, the 2024 recruiting cycle, two new offers from the Louisville program, uh, two five star prospects that is top 10 prospect Elliot Cadeau and um, top 30 prospect Carter Bryant. We will begin talking about the former uh, got an offer, I believe, on Sunday. Um, Cadeau is ranked as the seventh 
best prospect in the 24-7 sports composite, the number one point guard in the class, and the number one point guard or the number one player in the state of Missouri. Has some big-time offers. Um, uh, Jody Dimling of 24-7 sports, uh, the, the, the Cardinal Authority 24-7 sports site, um, went on to ha- have a couple things um, – to uh to kind of say uh, about Cadeau in, in his article, um, he he does mention the testimony of Eric Bossy, twenty four seven national sports twenty four seven sports national recruiting director. He goes and says he's a guy I would classify as a, tra- a traditional point guard. He's going to run his team and do it well. He gets guys the ball in the post and delivers the ball in rhythm to shooters. He has a great first step and can really get into the lane. He goes on to say, once he gets both feet into the paint, he has explosive athleticism that catches people by surprise. And if he needs to, he can go out and score. He's pretty good defensively and has a high IQ. He can score, but it's not really his forte. He's a throwback type of point guard. Um, Some big-time offers um, early on for Cadeau in his recruitment, North Carolina, uh, Georgetown, and Louisville all offering in, in just a very short amount of time. Um, he's a guy that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think I read this right, um, Cadeau played with the, I think it was the Swedish, Swedish national team? Um he played, yeah, he played for the Swedish national team at the World Cup qualifier. So he he's um, obviously pretty solid. Um, if if you needed any type of convincing uh, in the EYBL, twenty games, he averaged eight point three points per game, uh, shooting the ball pretty decently from the field, just under fifty percent, thirty three percent from three, and sixty two percent from the free throw line. So that that might be a little bit concerning, but in the grand scheme of things, I, I wouldn't put much stock into it 4.9 assists 2.9 rebounds per game had basically a three to one assist to turnover ratio which is very very solid for for a point guard um Cadeau, kind of an undersized guard six foot six one um just under 170 pounds but he can windmill dunk um so it seems like you know size limitations maybe not necessarily the greatest score uh, from a statistical aspect, might have you wondering, why is this guy a top 10 prospect? Well, go and watch his film. He he does kind of, like like Eric Bossy said, he gives you like throwback point guard vibes. He can score, and he shows he can score. I mean, the way he scores, you know, he, he uh, battles through contact. He's very solid getting downhill to the rim, can shoot the deep ball, create his own shot off the dribble. Like, the tools are there. It, it seems like if he really wanted to score, he could probably average 20 points per game, but he's such a fantastic passer. Um, his vision is incredible, does a good job of getting his teammates in their spots to succeed. Um, you know, a pick and roll maestro, uh, also just a, a great feel for the offense in the half court. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like he has the most like elite um, lateral athleticism or quickness. Um, but like I said, he can windmill dunk for six foot, um, does a good job of creating separation, has good handles. So this is a recruitment to where obviously, um, you know, Cadeau would be a, a huge addition to the program. And I'm not saying obviously, you know, a top 10 player is going to be a good addition to any program. Um, but he it definitely seems like the real deal doesn't really force the issue a lot. His passes, they're nifty passes. They're very, um, crafty. 
uh, flashy passes in some situations because he uses misdirection a lot, um, uses his eyes to kind of throw the defense off and throw throws the ball down low. But, you know, he's got precision passing. Um, he's uh, I, what I like to call kind of an insightful passer. Uh, you know, in, in how I describe that is as a guy that, you know, gets his guys in the right positions, you know, puts them in a position where when he passes them the ball, they're in a great position to be able to face up and, and score at the basket or be able to get a good shot off. And um, just an overall um, ability to see the plays develop before they actually happen. He's like two steps forward. I'm very, very impressed with his ability to lead um, the offense, especially in an AAU setting to where it's mainly kind of run and gun, isolation basketball, more of an individualistic style of play. Elliot, you know, tell that to Elliot Cadeau, um, who it, it seems like just under five assists is kind of too low uh, for, for what you see on the film, but definitely go watch his film. He's a fantastic basketball player. The other five-star prospect that the Cardinals offered is um, – uh, five-star small forward Carter Bryant, six foot seven, out of Fountain Valley, California. Um, uh, Carter Bryant is a guy that um, is a little bit more of a do-it-all type prospect. He told um, Jody Demling and Cardinal Authority at the latest EYBL event, uh, Coach Nolan Smith has told me just to go out and keep playing my game. We have been talking a lot. He told me not to get caught up in the antics of other people. Whenever I start to play off other people, I struggle a bit whenever I just decide to take it. But whenever I just decide to take initiative and play my game and let them feed off of me, I am fine. Um, he's been a guy that his recruitment has been – it's been, you know, kind of a, a very, very quick upward trajectory. Has a ton of big time offers. Um, you know, kind of stemming recently. I think he's up to thirteen or fourteen in the class, or, or you know, in, in this, um, in in his class. Um, in terms of uh, commitments, Arizona has been a team that has recruited him hard. Um, Florida is another one. LSU, um, you know, USC, some big time programs starting to finally get involved here. Uh, six foot seven, two fifteen. Um, it, it seems like the future for him is more of a do-it-all type guy. The scoring is something that is continually being uh, refined and developed. I think that uh, you know, has a solid you know, shooting stroke, but it's something about be- developing consistency. Does a good job of getting downhill. Uh, has a lot of strength uh, for his 215-pound frame. Um, but I-, I like his ability to rebound. He's a very good defender. Um, does a good job of kind of being a solid shot blocker at six foot seven. You know, uh, you know, blocking opposing wings and guards. Um, switchable on defense. That's something that Kenny Payne um, has been kind of alluding to as being a valuable, um, you know, skill to have is being switchable on defense, being able to guard. You know, maybe one through three or two through four, depending on um, you know your height. But um, I, I think that Carter Bryant is a guy that when his offense continues to develop, you know, he's got the tools to be very, very successful. Has the size. Has the length. But also has the athleticism and you know the um, you know just the overall talent to, to get to that next level. And although it might take him a year or two to really become a, a high production guy on the college ranks, um, I think that he could come in right away and be um, you know. Uh, at least a solid defender, a, a guy that maybe they don't necessarily re- need to come in right away and score, but it, it's something that you know continues to develop throughout his career. And, and what, who better to learn from than Nolan Smith, Kenny Payne, and Danny Manning? So um, two big-time offers, two big five-star offers, Elliot Cadeau, uh, it, 
the best point guard in the 24 class, uh, Carter Bryant, a rising uh, five-star wing that is only scratching the surface in terms of his offensive potential. So um, extremely looking forward to, uh, you know, how the uh, program, you know, recruits both of those guys. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, get right involved in their recruitments and um, you'll have, have a chance to land both. So um, we'll take this time now to transition into the final segment of the show, into the mailbag. Um, before we do that, obviously, if you are watching this, you're not going to hear the audio uh, implemented advertisements. If you're listening to this, um, you'll hear a couple of them. So just stand by. As always, I want to say thank you all once again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the, the show is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day. Final segment of this special Wednesday edition of the show. This bonus episode is dedicated to the weekly mailbag. Um, a lot of good questions, both football and basketball. Um, I want to start uh, in the in the football ranks Um this one says it's kind of it was kind of a late edition, but it's it's a good feed off of yesterday's um, episode with Jacob Lane. So go check that one out. It says you mentioned trip up games outside of Central Florida and possibly Boston College. Um, it seems like every year Louisville loses a game that they are definitely not supposed to. Uh, what could be the possible team for the Cardinals in that setting for 2022? Um, I think that that's kind of spot-on analysis. It seems like no matter who the head coach is, no matter how good the team is, it seems like every year Louisville kind of loses a game that they're just not supposed to. And honestly, it seems like that could happen to any team in college football, and a lot of times it often does. So um, if I can't go with Central Florida, if I can't go with Boston College, um, I'm going to go – this is a tough one. I'm, I'm down between Virginia and Florida State. Um, I, I kind of want to go with Virginia because I think the Cardinals are going to be amped up for their first home game of the season on a Friday night at Cardinal Stadium at you know September 17th against the Florida State Seminoles, especially if they are 2-0. and So um, I'm going to go with Virginia here. Um, they should win this matchup. I do know that they have Brendan Armstrong back. They have some of their top you know, weapons from that you know, high-octane you know, passing offense, but Bad defense last year, first-year head coach, a whole new offensive line. This should be a game that the Cardinals win. I don't care that it's in Charlottesville. Sure, Charlottesville is a place that the Cardinals usually don't go in and have a ton of success in, but um, this should be a game that the Cardinals win. It does scream trip-up game, though. The fact that it is in Charlottesville, that's a place where Louisville has only won once since they've joined the ACC, I believe. Um, and that came in 2017, and it was a very last-second touchdown from Omar Jackson to Jalen Smith against the Cavaliers each and every time that we've made to Charlottesville since then we have lost. So um, I think that that's probably the game for me, in my opinion. Um, going on, uh, you know, staying in the football ranks, um, wide receiver is a position to where things are still kind of up in the air. Who do you think finishes the season with the most receiving yards? That's a good question. Um, part of me wants to say Marshawn Ford because he is Malik Cunningham's security blanket, but I think that ultimately it's going to be, I'm going to go with Amari Huggins-Bruce. I think that last year toward the end of the season, we saw him make some big-time plays, has some big-time performances, found the end zone a couple times. Um, and I think that year two, uh, you know, another year in the strength and conditioning program, another year of continued chemistry with Malik Cunningham, and another year in this offense. I think that it opens up a, a realm of possibilities. Scott Satterfield over and over last year made 
the point to mention in the um, kind of the opening press conferences of the week that we've got to get Amari Huggins, Bruce, the ball in space and in different ways, kind of like how Kentucky got Wandale Robinson the ball last season. So um, obviously he didn't say that about Wandale, but uh, that's kind of my takeaway from it is is kind of you know the parallels between the two situations is when you have a dynamic player like that, kind of a, a smaller speed guy. It's about getting the guy the ball in space. And I think that Amari Huggins Bruce is a guy that's going to lead this team in receiving yards. If not him, I'm probably going to go with Tyler Hudson, the central Arkansas transfer. So, um, basketball, um, let's continue to go down the line. We will, uh, discuss a little bit, uh, about the recruiting cycle and everything like that. Um, there has been recent rumors that the NCAA hammer could be coming down soon. And there has been a rumor that Kenny Payne is holding off filling those scholarships to see what the NCAA does. Is that something you're hearing? I mean, I'm not hearing anything, any inside information. I mean, I hear the rumors. I've seen that rumor. I've also, you know, there's a lot for every rumor. There's a rumor that kind of debunks it. Right. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities of what it could be. I mean, that would kind of make sense if you want to go ahead and, you know, hey, year one. If It all kind of depends on the, the tournament ban too, right? So I feel like if the tournament ban um, if, if a tournament ban hits, then the scholarship production might be a little bit less than if there was no tournament ban. It was just kind of a more of a, a heavy financial penalty and, and more scholarship production. But if, if it's an instance to where the Cardinals are going to lose multiple scholarships, and if Kenny Payne does decide to just say, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet now. Year one might be a little tough, but we're not going to strap this program down anymore. Um, heading into the future. I would respect that. I'm not saying that that's what he's going to do. If he decided to do that, I'd understand. If he'd say, you know what, we're going to spread it, you know, we're going to spread it out over a, a over a span of years. I would respect that too. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm trusting Kenny Payne to make the right decision. So um moving in to the final segment, uh, final segment, the final question. Um it seems like we're still on, on, in a little bit of a standstill with Fabio Basili after it, you know, seemingly imminent that he was going to join the program and possibly reclassify. Have you heard anything about Basili and um, what he could possibly do? I have not. Um, I haven't even heard about where the Cardinals sit in his recruitment. I would assume that they are sitting pretty solid in his recruitment, but at this point, it, it, I think it's kind of still up in the air whether or not he he is even eligible to you know reclassify. Um, but, uh, I haven't really heard anything. I haven't heard anything since you all have. Um, so if, if he were to reclassify, obviously you get another guard option that might be able to come in right away year one and play some, um, you know, maybe eight to 10 minutes a game of, you know, you know, handling the basketball and trying to get teammates involved. I think his, uh, I think he's a little bit more underrated than, you know, his rating may suggest. Um, but I still think that there is some, you know, significant development development that needs to be done for Basili to where you're probably not looking at uh um you know an impactful like a, a, a high production impactful level contributor until like year two year three um but yeah i haven't really heard much uh, but i do think Basili at least would be welcomed because it, you know they're there is still kind of a, a of a shortage at the guard position so um talked about curtis williams jr uh, talked about uh elliot cadeau also, um, Carter Bryant also dove into the weekly mailbag. The The last episode of the month will come out tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a, a little bit of a mixed bag. There's going to be some football talk, uh, possibly some basketball talk, but mainly football. Um, so 
be on the lookout for that. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Go check out go check out Locked on ACC. No better way to get your conference news than listening to Candace Cooper Monday through Friday on whatever streaming service you use. But that's going to wrap up this special bonus episode on this Wednesday edition of the show. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.